Researchers know a great deal about the types of people who are most likely to attend worship services in the United States today. There is a strong relationship between age and church attendance, with older Americans much more likely to attend than younger Americans. There is a strong gender effect, with women of all ages more likely than men to attend. There are region-specific effects, with residents of southern states and Utah much more likely to attend than New England or West Coast residents. There's a race effect, with black Americans much more likely to attend church services on average than white Americans. And there is an effect within specific religious denominations, with members of evangelical, non-Catholic, Christian denominations and Mormons more likely to attend than those who identify with traditional mainline Protestant denominations. It is easy to find statistics on who attends. But to answer the question, why do people attend and why don't people attend church, is much more difficult to ascertain. The data is much in debate. There's a lot of anecdotal evidence, but it's hard to really pinpoint why it is that people go to church and why it is that people don't go to church. The answers that are given to that are myriad. But I submit to you that for this morning, the most relevant question is simply this. Why did you come to church? Why are you here this morning? What motivated you to get up and get out of bed and be here? Habit? Guilt? Social contacts? Wanting to visit with certain people? Did you come to church to worship God by hearing God's word and living out its truth? Why did the crowds come to Jesus in the New Testament? They came to Jesus because he performed great miracles. They came to be healed of their diseases and to be delivered from their maladies. They came to witness his mighty deeds and acts. They came out of curiosity, wondering if the things that they had heard reported about Jesus were really true. But for the most part, they did not come to hear his teaching. They took his teaching for granted. Little did they know how uniquely blessed they were to hear the words of Jesus. They were given a privilege that generations previous had literally died for. How the former prophets would have delighted to get the insights into God's kingdom that the disciples were receiving. Matthew 13, 17, For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. The crowds, for the most part, took it for granted and were not interested in Jesus' instruction. We're continuing this morning in a lengthy interaction among the crowd, the Pharisees, and Jesus. 
that took place due to Jesus' casting out a demon that resulted in a man formerly blind and mute now being able to speak. If you remember the last three messages, it is unfolded in this way. Jesus had performed a mighty and notable miracle. It had resulted in the people wondering if this could be the very Christ. The Pharisees sought to dissuade the people from believing in Jesus. They did so by saying that the power which Jesus displayed was not God's power, but the evil one's power, Matthew 12, 24. But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, it is only by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that this man casts out demons. Jesus exposed the wickedness of the Pharisees in proposing such an apostrophe a preposterous idea. The Pharisees then replied, if Jesus would show them a sign, they would believe. Jesus said, there's not going to be any sign given you, but such is the prophet Jonah, or such as the queen of Sheba. For the people of Nineveh repented at the preaching of Jonah, and greater than a Jonah is here. The queen of Sheba went to great lengths to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and greater than a Solomon is here. Jesus then warns, as we considered last week, that the people who witness and experience the power of God without believing in Jesus are inviting disaster. Transformation without conversion is deadly. This brings us to this morning's passage. Note our text picks up where we left off in Jesus' dialogue last week. Notice verse 46. While he was still speaking to the people. What we are looking at takes place in the midst of that dialogue that I just framed for you. That's important. Verse 1 of chapter 13 says... That same day. So what we're looking at all relates to this dialogue that's taking place with Jesus, the crowd, the scribes, the Pharisees. It's all one big picture. The theme this morning is wanting to truly hear from Jesus is a sign that we belong to him. That's our theme. Wanting to truly hear from Jesus is a sign that we belong to him. Truly hear. That is, with a sincere desire to understand and apply the scriptures. Apply, that is, to redirect our lives to bring them into conformity with Christ's teaching. The willingness to reevaluate our goals, ambitions, desires. To allow God to direct and censor our activities and our actions. To bring ourselves under the authority of Jesus' teaching so that we put it into practice. Hearing the word of God. The key verse is Matthew 12, verse 50. For whosoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, sister, and mother. Now, 
Why does Jesus say that? The occasion for Jesus' statement is Jesus' family's desire of speaking with him. Notice Matthew 12, 46. While he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. First thing, his family had not come to hear Jesus or to be instructed by him. They're standing outside. He's teaching. They weren't trying to make their way in to hear Jesus' instruction. Instead, they were beckoning Jesus to come out and talk with them. Again, not to be instructed by him, but for some inconsequential reason, they just wanted to converse with Jesus. Now, according to John chapter 7, verse 5, it says, for not even his brothers were believing in him. So at this point, we can definitively say that the brothers of Jesus didn't believe in him. And so they're coming with Martha for some reason to talk to Jesus, but they didn't come to hear Jesus, to follow his instruction or teaching. Of course, Mary believes in him, but his brothers do not. Jesus does not immediately go out to them, for he has something going on that's more important at the moment. Verse 48 and 49. But he replied to the man who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand towards his disciples, he said, These are my mother and brothers. The disciples, not the crowd. Jesus says, that his true family members, those who really belong to him, are those who do the Father's will. That is, those that listen to the teaching of Jesus and act upon it. Notice verse 50. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, my sister, my brother. Those are my relatives. John 1.12, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the children of God. We are brothers, we are joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ if we have put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. If we hear and follow his teaching, we belong to him. That seems like a strange and kind of awkward picture in the midst of this dialogue and teaching of Jesus. But it, in fact, is very relevant. For notice verse 1 of chapter 13, that same day. That same day. The relevance of Jesus' statement, Matthew twelve fifty, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my father and sister and mother, the relevance of that 
is to his actions. To his actions. And so now, Jesus is going to teach the people in parables. Notice Matthew 13, 1 to 3. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. Verse 3, and he told them many things in parables. Many things in parables. Matthew chapter 13 now is going to be a series of parables on the kingdom. But Jesus habitually taught in parables. Notice Matthew 13, 34. All these things, Matthew 13, 34. All these things Jesus said to the crowds in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. The totality of his teaching was in parabolic form. So this morning, we want to ask the question, before we delve into each of these parables, we first want to understand why Jesus taught in parables. The disciples wanted to know why Jesus taught in parables. Notice verse 10. This is really going to be our text this morning. Verse 10. Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? Why do you do that? I think that the answer might surprise us. Have you ever thought about why Jesus taught in parables? There are some people that think because Jesus regularly taught in parables that that becomes the normative of how we should preach and teach the scripture. That it is the most interesting, the most delightful, and all of these other kinds of terrific things of the unique way that Jesus taught in parabolic form. He didn't do it to be clever. He didn't do it to be interesting. And he didn't even do it to be better understood. Jesus taught in parables so that the crowds would not clearly understand what he was saying. Let me say that again. Jesus taught in parables so that the crowds would not clearly understand understand what he was saying. Notice the text, verses 11 and 12. And he answered them, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, that is the crowd, 
It has not been given. You get to know secrets. They don't. Verse 12, for the one who has, more will be given. So that you have the instruction and you will be given even more instruction. So the one who has, more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. But the one who doesn't have the teaching, even the teaching that they have, isn't going to be proven to be effectual. So why did Jesus teach in an obscure and difficult manner to understand? Answer, it was a judgment upon the people. Notice verse 13. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. It was because the people had closed their ears and eyes to the truth. Jump to verse 15. For this people's heart has grown dull. With their ears, they can barely hear. And with their eyes, they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. This is all in the context of what has just taken place. And he now says, I'm going to speak to them in parables because they're blind. They refuse to see. I've just performed this incredible miracle that they have witnessed. They've said, could this be the Christ? They've asked the question. The Pharisees said, no, he's doing this by the power of the prince of demons. Jesus speaks and refutes that argument clearly. Then he goes on to say that the Ninevites repented at the preaching of Jonah, and Jesus is far superior than Jonah. And The queen of Sheba went to great lengths to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here, and he was in their midst. And they weren't listening to him. And so, Jesus says, because they are going to close their eyes to what I do, and they are going to stop their ears from what I am saying, therefore, I'm going to to speak to them in parables. I'm not going to give them the privilege of hearing my truth in a clearly understandable form. It was keeping with the prophecy of the Old Testament. Notice verse 14. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. It is both a statement of the grounds of condemnation and also the effect of condemnation. The grounds. Because you refuse to hear. Because you refuse to see. 
Therefore, now you're not going to see, and now you're not going to hear. Because I'm going to speak in parables. This now is very important to keep in mind. That is, those who wanted to have the parables explained to them could have and did have. Let me say that again. Those who wanted to have the parables explained to them could have and did have. Notice Matthew 13, 36. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. Tell us what this means. Explain it to us. It was not just the twelve to whom Jesus was willing to explain the parables. All who wanted to know, he was willing to explain. Mark 4.10, listen to these words. And as soon as he was alone, his followers, along with the twelve, began asking him about the parables. See, it makes it clear. His followers along with the twelve. It wasn't just the twelve. If you were a true follower of Jesus, you got to hear the explanation if you wanted it. Most people were content with not understanding. Most people were happy because they weren't here, there, to hear the word. They weren't there to be instructed in the kingdom. They weren't there to be confronted. They weren't there to submit. They were there to be healed. They were there to be experiencing the power of God. They were there to be entertained. They were there for their curiosity to be met but they had not come to submit to the teaching of the word of God. So Jesus says, I'm not going to give it to them. If they want it, they can have it. If they don't, so be it. That's my judgment. Thirdly, We should understand how privileged we are to have the Word of God made plain to us. First, we are blessed because we want to hear and understand God's Word. God has graciously opened our eyes to understand the truth and our ears to want to hear the truth. Notice verse 16. But blessed are your eyes. Blessed are your eyes. Why? For they see, and your ears, for they hear. You are blessed. 
you are blessed. Both the grounds and the manifestation, just as in the condemnation. You are blessed. If you have a desire to hear the word of God this morning, it's because God's done a work in your heart. It's because of his grace and his goodness. We should not be surprised by the multitudes who are not interested in hearing the word of God. Do you understand that the multitudes in Jesus' day were not interested in hearing the word of God? They didn't come to hear Jesus. They came to be fed. They came to be healed. They came to witness, to see, but they didn't come to be instructed by Jesus. We shouldn't be surprised that the multitudes in Christendom today, the the vast majority of the crowd of professing believers aren't interested in hearing the word of God. They're not. As I said last week, as I said in Sunday school, they don't read it. The majority of people who profess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not talking about society as a whole. The majority of people who profess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ read the scriptures less than four times a year. Four times they crack open a Bible. Is it any wonder they're going to go to a church where the Bible is not taught? Timothy says that the days will come when people will have itching ears. And they are going to want to hear what they want to hear. And they're going to turn away their ears from the truth. It shouldn't surprise us. We should understand how blessed we are because of the privilege of hearing and understanding God's word. Matthew 13, 17. Truly, truly, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. They longed to see and did not see it. They longed to hear and did not hear it. Speaking of the prophets of the Old Testament, who many of these things were revealed to them in such a way that that they couldn't fully fathom it. They couldn't fully understand all that the scripture was teaching about who Jesus is and what he had done. Even in the time of the apostles themselves, before the crucifixion, didn't really understand it when Jesus started talking about the reason he was going to die and that he was going to rise again. They didn't expect it. They, They were surprised by the resurrection. They didn't get it until Jesus opened their eyes and their ears and their understanding of that. And then the light went on. Then they understood Do you realize that today we understand more of the plan of God than the apostles did before the resurrection? 
Do you, under, do you realize that today we understand more than the apostles did after the resurrection? For we have the completed word of God. They had a part of it. They had a fraction of it. They got to see a measure of the picture. We have the whole picture, if you want it, if you're interested in it. If you pick it up and read it, or listen to it, or do something with it, what a blessing to have God's word. We should make the most of every opportunity to avail ourselves of understanding and obeying God's truth. Notice Matthew 13, 18. Matthew 13, 18. Jesus' word to the disciples. Hear then the parable of the sower. That's the first parable he just gave. And he says to them, listen to the explanation of the parable. Because you're given the privilege to see what they don't see, to hear what they don't hear. It's going to be taken away from them. It's going to be given to you. Not only do you get to hear the parable, but now even more is given to you. You get to have it explained. They had the parable, and now I'm going to take that away because they're not going to get the explanation. Why? Because they don't want it. And they're not going to get it. Those who are given the ability to understand should pay close attention. Matthew 14, 43. Please turn there. Matthew 13, 43. Summarizing thought. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears... Let them hear. If you've got ears to hear, then hear. If God has opened your understanding to truth, then receive it. If God has given you the ability to understand the scriptures, then heed them. If God has done a work in your heart, and brought you into a relationship to himself, then by all means, pay attention to his truth. So how does this apply to us in the day and age in which we live? I submit to you, first of all, that we should prize the scriptures that are given to us. We should demand 
that we hear the word of God. We should not accept anything less. Last days, perilous times will come, the scripture says, and the reason for it is because men are going to turn their way, their ears from the truth. I'm glad this morning that you allow me to preach the word of God. But let me make it really individually crystal clear. Why did you come this morning? Did you come with the express intention to hear God's word and to live it out? Is that why you came? Did you come to see somebody? Did you come because it's a habit? Did you come for the music? What brought you here? It should be the word of God. To hear from him. And to do what he tells us to do. Do we discipline ourselves to hear the word of God? Do we let our minds wander? Do we pass notes? Do we play games? Do we read something else while the sermon's going on? Or do we actually listen? Not because I'm speaking, but because it's God's word. Are you frustrated if you don't understand it? If there's a concept that isn't explained, if there's a word that's used that you don't get, Do you just go away or do you say to yourself, I want to understand that. I want to understand that passage better. I want to to understand what the word of God says. What are we doing to better understand the scriptures? Those portions that are difficult, that are hard to grasp, that are unclear, What steps do we take to better understand them? Or are we content when we have read the scriptures and say to ourselves, man, I don't know what that means, and just move on? Or if we don't understand... You know, I've I've been encouraging people to read the scriptures through in a year. And you know, there might be people here that really are struggling with that. And and you're saying, you know, when I read the Bible, I don't get anything out of it. Pray and ask God to open your heart and mind to to the scriptures. Ask God to teach you. Open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of thy law. Give me instruction. Pick up a resource that's going to help you understand it. 
take notes and sermons and do whatever you can to try to better understand the Word of God. Don't be content. Don't walk away not knowing what the Scriptures are teaching. We are afforded the Holy Spirit who guides us into all truth. Last week, we saw that the demon was cast out and the man's end was going to be worse because we said that it was not replaced with the Holy Spirit. That there was transformation without conversion. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior this morning, you've been given the Holy Spirit. You have been given eyes to see and ears to hear. There's no question about that. You've been granted the privilege to understand. So, make the most of it. Make the most of it. And then lastly, let us rejoice. Let us Rejoice. It's just hard to find, it's hard to communicate how, how blessed we are today. Christendom is like the Pharisees who stand outside and say, show us a sign. You know, there are a lot of Christians that wish that God would speak to them. That are demanding a vision. That are demanding an audible voice. If God would just speak to me, I would listen. God has spoken to us. Do we listen? You see the fallacy of that. It's the same thing as in Jesus' day. He's spoken to us. And you need to have confidence in this book because he has spoken to us. This is his word. Previous generations didn't have it. There are places around this world that don't have it. But let me say to you, that's a cause and it's also a judgment. There are places today that don't have the word of God because in times past they have rejected God's word. I believe in America. There's going to be a real dearth of the preaching of the scriptures. Because people don't want it. And so it will not just be a natural cause that people don't want it. It will also be God's judgment. They'll say, okay, you don't want it. You don't have to have it. Jeremiah says that God gives them the kinds of shepherds that they deserve. I don't want to browbeat you this morning. I want to commend you. I want to commend you. I'm proud of you. 
There aren't many churches today that will sit through a 45-minute exposition of the scriptures. Thank you. Thank you. But I say to us all, including myself, let's be sure we cherish it. Let's be sure we delight in it. Let's be sure we don't grow cold or indifferent to it. Let's be careful we don't take it for granted. But we go away rejoicing and say, we're blessed. We're blessed because we see and hear. And we're blessed because God has allowed us to see and hear. And let us not go away content with what we see and hear. Let us go into our private rooms in our devotions and ask God to take us deeper into his word and into a relationship with him. This is a sign that we really belong to him. These are my brothers and sisters, those who do the will of the Father who is in heaven. Let's pray.